Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I got to talk to someone who I kind of been stalking over the last like maybe month or two. A lot of you guys were sharing her videos, and I'm talking about Tiffany Jenkins from Juggling the Jenkins. She is all over Facebook, all over YouTube. She's hysterical. And so I thought I'd reach out and see if I can have her on the show because she struggles with anxiety. Her story is interesting, and she makes fantastic YouTube videos that I've been sharing with the kids that I work with in my practice because it really... Um, they're hysterical and she has like anxiety following her around and it's just so spot on. But as I started to kind of fangirl her a little bit, can I use that word? Am I too old to use that word? I realized that there's more depth to her. You know, she just wrote a book. Well, I actually don't know how long ago she wrote this book, but she wrote a book called High Achiever. And so I am one of those people where I'm like, oh, I'm going to interview somebody. I need to like really dive into them. So I tend to do my homework when I'm going to have somebody on. And so I listened to her book and a lot of times I don't get through the book by the time I have the interview. And when I reached out to her, we scheduled an interview like super quick. Like it was like within a week we were going to talk. And so I'm like, oh shoot, I need to like listen to her book real quick. And I kid you not, like I binge listened to that thing day in and day night, day in and day night, <laughs> not even a word day in and I don't even know. I'm messing up the same, but I listened to it a lot. So I was listening to it during the laundry. I was cleaning more because I wanted to listen to it. I only allow myself to listen to audible when I am doing something productive, like cleaning. So I was cleaning a lot and it was a fantastic memoir of her life and her, um, her, her struggle with drug abuse and the stories that happened to her and her going to jail and what that was like. And, it was really captivating and um, it's really well done. Actually, she reads it herself and she's, she actually should be an actress. Maybe that's where she's headed because her voices, I actually thought she had multiple voice actors <laughs> for her, for her audiobook, and she doesn't. So, but I'm getting way off topic. So today I wanted to talk to her about, initially I was going to have her come on and just talk about her funny videos because they're hysterical and you literally right after this, you have to go and check her out on Facebook because you're going to totally agree with me that her videos are hysterical. She has one where she's like going to a PTA meeting. I mean, she just takes the humor out of like all the things that we are all dealing with as moms. But I was going to just talk to her about her videos and her anxiety and her funny perspective. But then after completely getting through her audio book, because it was fantastic, I wanted to have a serious conversation with her because I realized there was there's a deeper message behind her. And I wanted to talk to her about how do we go about talking to our kids about alcohol and drugs? Because really, our kids, as much as we don't want to increase your anxiety on this podcast, our kids are at risk. Our kids are at higher risk to self-medicate in their teens and in their 20s, in their adulthood. And if addiction is in your family as well, they're even more at risk. And even if that's not a component in your family, just having anxiety or depression or like a mood issue can put you at risk and or OCD 
to want to numb that. So how do we have a conversation with our kids? And she's the perfect person to talk to, not because she's a therapist, but because she was the anxious kid. And then she had a drink and she was, well, she'll tell her story. (laughs) That was a very long intro, but I wanted to get her perspective as a real person who went through it and how we should talk to our kids. So this is not for kids who have moral OCD centered around drugs and alcohol. I will do a different podcast on that someday. So this is just for everybody else. I do want to preface this interview with that. And I also want to mention that I had no idea. Obviously, I didn't do my research too well because I had no idea. She actually has a podcast. So, And I actually thought her YouTube video was kind of her YouTube channel was like her main thing. Um, juggling the Jenkins, but it's not. Because then after she said at the end, you'll hear in the end of our interview, she said, Facebook is her main thing. I was like, oh, shoot, how did I miss that? And I went back and I saw, yeah, her Facebook following is enormous. And all her videos are uploaded to Facebook first. So that makes sense because that's kind of where all the moms are. We're not on YouTube as much. I mean, I'm on YouTube, but it's mainly for your kids. And so I get that. But then I realized that she had a podcast because she mentioned it in the interview. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm like the worst host. I didn't even know that. So I have been binge listening to her podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, it's stalkerish. I get it. Um, But you have to listen to this podcast. It's so good. So it's called Take It or Leave It for Parents. And it's her and Meredith who is from That's Inappropriate, and she is hysterical as well. Um, I had not listened to her before, so um, that was kind of a find. So I would definitely recommend checking out the podcast, Take It or Leave It, and check out um, Tiffany's book, High Achiever, and her podcast, and her YouTube channel. But I hope that you find our conversation interesting. She is fascinating. She's actually very funny, and we have a raw, real discussion about just the fears of parenthood, and drugs and talking about all that kind of stuff. So without further ado, here is my interview with Tiffany. All right. Well, I want to welcome Tiffany Jenkins to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I am excited. Yeah. And actually you, you came on my radar because of my audience, because people kept sharing your YouTube videos everywhere in my private Facebook group, in my AT parenting community. And finally, because normally I ignore those, I'm just like, oh, that's cute, like, whatever, move on. But I, I started to watch them and I was like, oh my gosh, she's hysterical. And she really like understands anxiety. So then I got hooked and I started like binge watching your YouTube channel. But uh, thank you so much. That's awesome. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know who you are, could you just give a little background on what you do and how you got started? Sure. Uh, my name is Tiffany Jenkins, um, and I am a recovering drug addict with almost seven years clean. Um, I'm an author, I'm a mom and a wife, and I was like feeling super depressed and anxious after the birth of my youngest kids. So I started writing and uh, sharing my truth as an outlet on the internet and people just started gravitating towards me and saying, you know, thank you for talking about this because I felt the same way and was too afraid to come forward. And so like for the first time in my life, I was like, Holy cow, I'm not alone. This is amazing. And it motivated me to keep going. So now I make goofy, funny skits um, about real life stuff to bring awareness to the subjects that people aren't talking about. Yeah. And, and the videos are highly entertaining and funny, but they also is this kind of like moment I think that I had where I was like, 
oh my gosh, like other people struggle, even though I'm a child therapist and like, I get it, but having social anxiety my entire life, like your series on anxiety, where you have this kind of like death following you, like anxiety is following you and the internal dialogue that the anxiety is saying is, is just so accurate. And I think as moms, I think anyone who's an anxious mom, I'm, I'm working through your, your library, but like the one that you did at the PTA meeting was like, I resonate with all of those. I'm just like, yes. So, but then you have, you've written this book called high achiever, which, you know, I just started listening to a few days ago because I knew you were coming on and it brought more depth to your work to me. You know, I was like, she's not just funny. Like there is just this amazing story behind you that has a lot to share. And there's a good message underneath that as far as your history with drugs and just your entire journey and where you are now. So I kind of wanted to get into that as well. I think people should check out your videos. They're very funny. But I thought, let's just talk about how, how it was growing up for you. Did you know that you had some anxiety or depression when you were younger? I definitely knew I was different. I knew that I was obsessing about things that most people weren't but I didn't know the name for it. And I was very embarrassed because I, I felt like I was crazy. Um, I would make my mom come in and give me like 15 hugs and a thousand kisses. And I would have to say, I love you at least 10 times in order for it to feel okay. Because I was so terrified that she was going to die in her sleep. And like when my parents would leave the house, I would have to make sure they knew how much I loved them because I would envision them getting in a car accident and never coming home on the playground. And I would envision myself breaking bones. And so it kept me off of the monkey bars and stuff. And I was always, even now still, but I was always gnawing my nails off and obsessing and I didn't know what it was called. And everybody just told me to calm down and relax. Um, and I remember just thinking like, I, I don't know how, like I would if I could, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> Um, and so I think that kind of is where eventually the self-medicating started. Yeah. And I, and that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about because I think, and, and first of all, like, I feel like I work with every kid that's like that, you know, I, and all the kids in my community too are like that, you know, they have to have a million hugs. They need that reassurance. And, and I think even growing up with, um, anxiety myself and as an adult, I still like, I'll just be walking down the stairs and it's like, oh, and then I'm going to tumble. I'm going to tumble. I'm going to crack my head open. And you just keep walking, you know, those, those things that don't really happen to other people. But when you have an anxiety disorder, you constantly are, are seeing those things. And a lot of us don't want to talk to our anxious kids about drugs and alcohol because we think it's a taboo topic. We don't want to upset them. They're too frail. They're already worried about everything. Let's not add something else to worry about. And yet they're really one of the most vulnerable populations because our mm-hmm. kids are at high risk of self-medicating. Even if they're super paranoid about everything when they're like little, that doesn't mean they're going to be paranoid about everything when they're 15. So how do you think people should start talking about this with their kids? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that it's different for anxious kids. I don't have a lot of experience in that area specifically. So I don't know, you know, it's easy for me to say what they should do, but I'm not sure how their individual kids would react, obviously. But what I can tell you is I go into high schools to talk about 
drugs and try to scare these kids it with reality. And the schools always have a list of things I cannot say um, because they don't want to offend the parents or the students' sensibilities. And so I can't mention so many specific things that are crucial to my story that I they're just sugarcoating it. And I think um, it's important that the kids know, like, hey, man, whether it's now or a couple of years from now, you may feel tempted to try to smoke weed. You may feel tempted to try to numb it out with a pill. And it is, it is going to work probably, but here's what it looks like when you play the tape all the way through. And I think just keeping an open dialogue with them about the dangers of it and not in like a luxury parenty way, because kids always shut down when their parents try to talk at them. Um, but you know, I, I love talking to kids and I, I speak openly and honestly, and I'm like, this is what withdrawal feels like. This is what being in the suicide tank in jail feels like. This is what can happen if you're addicted. And so um, communication is huge. And again, like my son, I'm 99% sure that I've passed down my anxiety to him. He's about to be five and I see it. And I feel like my husband thinks that I'm perpetuating it by giving it attention. And he always says like, he's not anxious. He's a kid. Quit saying that, you know, you're going to make him anxious. And I'm like, but I see so much of myself in him. Um, and I'm terrified that I'm just, I'm ruining him with all my fears and my illogical worries. You know, it's just highly genetic. So I think it's just, it's almost a guarantee really that the odds of us birthing anxious kids are are pretty high, but that doesn't mean that we have to have them grow up to be anxious adults. You know, like my kids, I have three kids and they all have anxiety disorders because it's just genetically they're doomed. But you know, we can take our wisdom of what we know and, and help our kids through it. I think kind of the, I don't want to say always the dad, but I think a lot of times more the dad figure is just like, it's normal, you know, just stop like projecting, you know, we just have to like not yeah. kill them and they'll be fine. And that's really not the right approach. I mean, I think if we could just, we can validate their feelings and help them build their skills when they're little. Like the minute my kids come out of the womb, I'm like, let's talk about anxiety. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I know you're afraid to poop. Let's just talk about it. You know, I know you're afraid to walk. Let's just talk about it. Because, and I, I, oh, sorry. I just realized the tag is still on my bra that I just bought. <laughs> sorry. It was tag. Sorry. Um, I often think about like how different my life would have been had I been able to put words to my emotions and had somebody there to listen and help me kind of navigate those waters, would I have felt the need to turn to drugs? And I don't know. I feel like it would be a lot less likely um, if I felt like I had an adult that I could talk to or somebody who understood. Um, And when I first started using drugs, I was actually captain of the cheerleading squad at the time. I was getting great grades. My stepfather was a police officer. We lived with a cop. Like, Life was normal, and then I was given um, a sip of, well, not given, offered a sip of alcohol one night after a game, and it was my senior year. I was almost done, and I said yes, Um, and the sip of alcohol made me feel nothing for the very first time. I wasn't anxious or worried. I didn't feel out of place. I didn't feel depressed. I felt nothing, and I loved that feeling, Um, and I ended up dropping out of school three months later, just like that. Wow, yeah that's how quickly it progressed. Yeah. And it's just, 
It's eye-opening. I mean, after I read your book, High Achiever, which was actually just a few days ago, I listened to it. And for anyone who likes Audible, they should listen to it because there is, it's more of a production. It's very entertaining because of the sounds and, you know, her, very good at reading it. <laughs> but it, it got me very nervous because there is addiction in my family. And I felt like I wasn't really talking to my kids enough. You know, I like, I scared my, so my almost 16 year old, I feel like I've scared her to the point where I have to tell her to like calm down because she wants to do an intervention with every kid that's vaping and, you know, her friends definitely experiment. And so she didn't find like the cleanest friend group. And I'm like, you need to tone yourself down. Like people aren't going to like you controlling other people. I'm, I'm happy that you're so solid on your beliefs, but, but you know, she's only a, a sophomore who knows, you know, that conversation, I guess, needs to continue hearing your story. But my nine-year-old has much more of an obsessive personality. And I went for a walk with him last night, you know, and your book is fresh in my head. And so I started talking to him about, um, I'm trying to think, he brought something up about drugs. And I was like, perfect, let's talk about it. And so I was talking to him. I can't remember what he brought up, but we, so we started talking about drugs and I was like, you know, drugs and alcohol and how that can change your personality. And you need to be extra careful because we have addiction in our family. And this is what it looks like. And he's like, mom, I got this you know, I'm, a, I'm very obsessive. I'm obsessive. Like when I'm addicted to candy, I just put it farther away. So I don't have to eat it. And I thought, Oh, we have to have such a bigger conversation about this. because he's yeah. like Not getting it. But then it's like, how do you, you don't want to scare your kids, but I kind of do. Yeah. I do want to scare them. <laughs> I do want to scare them, man, because, well, here's the thing. I'm planning on telling my kids my story, but I want, I don't want to do it in like a, if you do drugs, you'll end up, you know, sleeping with your drug dealer like mommy. Like, I don't want to traumatize <laughs> them, but I, I want to be like, look, this is what I went through and I made it out the other side. And so there's absolutely nothing that you can't do. And if you, you know, if you ever have questions about how drugs make you feel or what the consequences are or what addiction or withdrawal is like, come to me, man, because I know firsthand, you know, and I'm, I'm here for you. Just talk to me about it because, and like what you said, you know, you are most likely, um, have the gene that makes you addicted because of me, because of, you know, other family members. And so, you know, just talking to them about it openly and honestly and not sugarcoating it, I think is going to be key. That's the, yeah. They can find out anything they want about anything on the internet. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. And they will, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Um, yeah. And I want to scare them for drugs. I just don't want to add to like their anxiety every night. Like they're so literal and they're so obsessive already. Um, yeah. I'm okay if they're nervous. I mean, like with my kids, you know, drugs and alcohol are not their theme. There's people I work with who have OCD and they have moral OCD where they literally like drugs and alcohol are their theme. So like they can't, if they see someone smoking, they have to hold their breath, you know, and they have to change their clothes, their clothes are contaminated. So that's totally different, you know, and that's a major clinical issue. So we're just talking more about like the anxious kids or kids who have OCD without that kind of theme. Although you want to circle back and still have a conversation with the kids with moral OCD, but that's what I mean too. My, my son's five and I have a daughter. Well, he's going to be five this week and I have a daughter who's three and I don't have an, any experience with raising an anxious kid. And so 
you know, it's easy for me to say what I'm going to do when they're older, but you know, there's people listening probably right now who've been dealing with an anxious kid and been to therapy and know exactly what it's like, you know, that, that know what's best for their child. And I'm sure that every kid is different and you approach it differently. Um, but also as a parent, you know, just educating yourself as well and keeping an eye out for the signs of self-medication is huge as well. And not being afraid to talk to your kid about it once you notice those signs. Like, Yeah. And I, and I think you talked to me about it. Yeah. It's just getting it on your radar and not, not turning a blind eye to it. You know, so if you have, there's a couple of things that I think about, like a lot of us have kids that are medicated for their psychiatric conditions. So a lot of them are on Zoloft or Paxil or Prozac. A lot of our kids are taking melatonin at night because they can't sleep because their mind is racing. And how often do we have a conversation about what is a street drug versus what is a drug that's helping you that's prescribed? And how do we separate out, well, yeah, I'm giving you something to help you sleep. I'm giving you something to make you feel good. And how is that different than a street drug, you know, or drinking? And so there are differences, but it's, it's good to open that conversation up instead of hiding from it because um, they'll fill in the gaps. So when they're older, they're like, well, my mom gives me a prescription pill and these are prescription pills. So what's the difference? They both make me feel right. good. Right. There's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I didn't have a valid reason to start using pills. I was just around people who were doing them. And I was like, let me try. And I just loved it. I loved it so much that it, it pretty much almost killed me. Um, and I battled addiction for 10 years and it got, you know, I went from taking it orally to ingesting it other ways and administering it other ways. And it just sent me down a path of destruction. It wasn't until I was in rehab that I was able to learn about myself for the first time. That was when I learned I had anxiety and depression and social anxiety and generalized anxiety disorder. I found all these things out after I went and got help. Um, and so had I gotten help prior, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm moving across the room. Oh, that's okay. Had I gotten help prior, I probably, you know, would have taken a different course in life. Yeah. And maybe being proactive and telling people, like, I mean, this is what I say to my kid. Like, even my seven-year-old started talking to her about it. And she's like, oh, I won't ever do drugs. And I was like, you know what? There's going to, and she is, my seven-year-old is like super feisty. She wanted to shave one side of her head. She, it was a <laughs> day. And she's like, why can't I dye my hair green? She wants to wear heels. Like, she's, she's played guitar. Like, there's nothing seven about her. She is totally 37. And <laughs> she's like a very old soul. And I know, like, if that's what she wants to do now at seven, you know, there's nothing second grade about her. What is that going to look like at 15? And so, you know, I talked to her. This is a good opportunity to talk to her because she will listen to me now. There's, I have only a few years with her left before I am not cool and I don't know what I'm talking about. So yeah. sometimes I'll say, you may think you don't want to do drugs now, but you don't, you probably will want to later. So let's talk about it now so that we can talk about why it's not really going to be a good choice for you and what can happen. So love that. It's hard because I think a lot of the, I know a lot of the parents I work with, they're like, Oh my gosh, Natasha, I have, we're dealing with so many other fears. Like I don't want to add that to their, to the mix. But yet if you don't like, we have a small window, like my 15 year old thinks I'm just an idiot now. And I can't <laughs> talk to her, you know, she's just like, whatever, mom, like I have no impression on her anymore. Like it's done. The foundation is solid. And like, I can't get through that crack. 
luckily mm. it seems like it's okay, but she's pretty much like roll your eyes when I talk kind of mom, like kid now. That's what, yeah. happens. <laughs> That's what you have to look forward to. I'm depressed just thinking about <laughs> it. It's like you're pouring the concrete right now. So do you notice, do you, this is a totally different topic, but do you notice like, do you parent differently because of your own anxiety or because of your kid's anxiety? Yes, a hundred percent. I do. Um, we're not allowed to have any fun in this house because fun is dangerous. <laughs> um, I am always, I'm sorry, somebody's knocking. I am always terrified constantly. So when I parent, I'm like a severe helicopter parent. I'm constantly watching them. Dinner time is a nightmare for me because I'm just watching them like a hawk waiting for them to choke. Um, and I, I feel like I'm softer with my son because I feel like he is very, very anxious and I can see it in his face and he gets stressed out. And, um, so I try to do the whole get down on his level, talk to him, help him breathe type situation. Whereas, you know, other members of the family might be like, you know, just throw him in timeout and he's fine when, but I feel like there's something deeper going on. So I try to be where I meet my kids, wherever they're at. And they're, they're all very different and in very different places. Yeah. Which I think is great that you do that. And that, you know, that he can feel like you get it because Mm -hmm. it's easy. You know, like my nine-year-old is totally prickly when he was five, you know, he was like, he's a ball of anger. It was like, who did he bite today? You know, but it was always Mm -hmm. because he felt cornered or he felt upset or he felt like he had no choice or, you know, we can build those skills when they're little and help them so that hopefully they won't look to self-medicate. Something else that I noticed with kids as they get older that could be on your radar or anyone's radar is kind of like self-punishing. You know, I feel like that's kind of a, that's like a, I don't want to say gateway to doing other things to numb yourself, but I see a lot of kids who will scratch themselves like little kids, you know, where they'll, um, Mm bite their tongue. And it's, it's not like your 15 year old cutter, but it's like these really subtle things. Like I just hit myself in the head because I said something stupid. And I know those are the things I see. I actually see that with my own son. You know, he does a lot of strange stuff. That's like self-punishing, you know, like bending his toes when he, you know, says something dumb so that it hurts him or pinching himself, you know, and, and you wouldn't really notice it unless you talk to them. I caught him doing it once and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I said something stupid. And I was like, what's that bruise? Oh, I hit myself. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's not, not okay. Oh, that's so sad. I can't imagine my son doing that. I, because that's an irrational fear that I have. That's going to probably ruin my kids is that I never want them to experience physical or emotional pain ever. So I'm constantly trying to protect them from that. And my friend Meredith, who I do a podcast with, yells at me all the time. She's like, you're raising a pansy. And I'm like, maybe, but while you see, like, it's so hard to give birth to a person and then be responsible, you know, or not give birth to them, but, you know, be in charge of a, a person and be responsible for them not dying and be responsible for keeping them alive and making sure that they're wonderful people. It's hard and it's a lot. And I take it really seriously and oftentimes probably too seriously to the point where he's probably going to suffer later in life because of the coddling. (laughs) 
you're like doom and gloom. You're like, yeah, I'm ruining him. It's already done. I am. I can't even pretend like I'm not. I would love to make excuses, but I don't know how to be any other way. I just love them so much that I never want them to feel anything negative or be sad. And I don't know how to not be this way. Well, at least you have the awareness because I yeah. mean, it, it actually, I mean, like we can't protect them from social emotional pain. Like obviously that's an impossibility. And I'm going to homeschool. Okay. <laughs> They're 50. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can get one of those bubbles, you know, like the boy in the bubble. <laughs> it's like dream in life. Yeah. Yes. And they could just pedal their way around. <laughs> totally that would okay. be great. I know. I'd be so happy. I mean, I mock you, but you know, like this morning I'm cutting my, my seven-year-old's hot dog to put in her lunch so that it is uh, horizontal or vertical, whatever. <laughs> I wish my husband was here to hear you say that because we have gotten into altercations because he doesn't understand the importance of cutting it vertically and horizontally. Okay. My husband does make fun of me because he's like, because I have a choking thing too. Like that, like social anxiety and choking are like my two like main core fears. And I definitely have passed on the choking thing to my son because he worries about choking all the time. Like that's his, one of his main issues. But I mean, maybe it's just genetic and I didn't do that. But I like, I still like, it's like, it will just take me the same amount of time to cut it the other way. Why not do that? Like, why just have the hot dog the other way? But my husband will be like, seriously, she's seven. She's not three. Like you don't need to cut the hot dog. But there was a story that stuck in my head once. I won't repeat it because it'll upset you. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> I already know. I'm sure I know. Yeah. So it's like, what are you going to do with that? But on the same hand, like I have to kind of pull back and sometimes say like, you guys have to fall because I want to make them resilient. And so no. We want to we want to let them fall a little bit so they can learn how to pick themselves up and I think that will come later, you know, but they're only 3 and 4 right now. And so right now like yes, we punish them. Yes, we try to give them consequences for their actions and things like that, but like my husband likes to put on a mask and scare the kids sometimes. Oh. And I'm like, no, you are going to try. And Caden hates it to his core. And I can see it. It's more than just a normal fear. It's like, it really stresses him out. And so I just want to protect him from that. And Well, yeah, <laughs> I would not recommend that. <laughs> That's totally traumatizing at that age. Cause you know, yeah. masks and things like they don't get that there's someone underneath that, even though intellectually they do, they don't get that. So like, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, those things, I think it's like being aware of someone's sensitivities, but yeah. It's the other things like when somebody's mean to your kid and you have social anxiety and you're kind of like, oh, well, let me just email the mom or let me just go to, or you just tell her da, 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 and I'll, t you know, and totally try to map it out so they don't get hurt socially. That stuff is hard to do. And I think as your kids get mm -hmm. older, you're just kind of like, I've learned that I have to let them fall. And then I have to try to not really focus on it because it's my social anxiety gets totally triggered by it, but yeah, it's fun stuff. Always fun. Yeah. I think the solution is just getting a tiki hut out in the middle of the forest away from civilization and just living off the land with your family, I think is the solution. It sounds like a dream to me. Well, there you go. Especially like the tiki huts, like in Hawaii or something really beautiful. Yeah. 
I just want to swing from vines and not have to deal with bullies at school and, you know, all the stress that comes with technology and social media. Like, I just want to be with my family away from 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. But, you know, it is so but it's like, no wonder everybody's anxious and depressed. If you think about it, like we live in a world where you're being pumped full of so much information constantly, and you're just absorbing it and digesting it, you know, and you're comparing yourself every other minute to what's going on around you. And you don't know what to believe. You don't know what's real. You see these news articles, you know, a kid dies in two feet of water, da, da, da. Baby flies out the window of a car because it's car seats not strapped and all this chaos and it just makes you so, me, so afraid and so anxious. And, you know, I put I have to put my phone down and leave at home some days because I'm like, I just have to be present. I got a tattoo to remind me to be present. I it's like that. With a little bow on it. Oh, I like that. Thank you. I'm always obsessing and just stressing about things that have happened and things that are going to happen, which I have no way to predict. Yeah. And I like that you're working on like just being in the now because really that's how I cope too. I think I just, you don't know, like the things that I used to worry about when they were like four and five are like not on my radar anymore because that's past and they're fine. And now I'm worried about the next couple of years, but that'll be fine. And like, I don't watch the news. I mean that, and maybe I'm ignorant, you know, if there's something major happening, I don't either. Probably. I don't watch any news. I don't read any news. I don't have the news on in my house because we're a house full of anxious people. And so I don't need, they're just going to like talk about the worst possible things that could have happened to you. So, and then even my like Facebook and social media feed is like all positive stuff. Like people I follow are like just beautiful, like pictures or like uplifting things. And so there are ways to protect ourselves and teach our kids how to protect themselves from being bombarded with just horrible stuff day in and day out because it'll just true watch your youtube channel it's hysterical (laughs) thank you that's my goal is to make that kind of like a place where people go to escape all the negativity and the stress and i and i found that by just being open and honest about where i'm at um i've been met with so much love and support people are always i think so afraid of being judged and so ashamed of their emotions. And like the truth is people out there are way cooler than we give them credit for. And there is such a beautiful thing about being honest. And it, it not only helps you, but it helps others realize that they're not alone as well. Um, and so that's what I try to do on my channel. I let people know like I'm feeling a little crazy today. Um, or I don't know what I'm doing with this kid. Um, and it makes life easier when you don't have to pretend. Yeah. And it it comes across because you're just so authentic, you know, like you're just so real on your channel and then talking to you just before the, the, the interview, it's like, she's just the same way. Like some people I talk to and they're not like the minute you talk to them before the camera goes on, they're like totally different. And you're kind of like, really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it throws off my whole interview because I'm like, I'm so thrown because I'm like such a genuine person that when when they're like a different character before they come on, I'm just like, and then the camera, I hit record and they're like, Hi, da, da. and I'm like, you weren't like that five minutes ago. Like you're, are you serious? Yeah. So it was like, I was like, Oh, thank goodness. She's the same off camera as on. That's cause that happens a lot. <laughs> I can't believe I'm really surprised about that. So they're not peppy and nice to you. 
just in regular life. But then when you hit record and they know that they have to be on. Yeah. Cause they're like, they're, they're on. Yeah. It's just, I guess there's people like that, but you're like totally genuine inside and out. And I think your, your YouTube videos very, I think they're very empowering to anybody, but especially to moms too, because you just, you're so real. I love your bathing suit one when you're going to the beach, you know, and it's just like, why can't we all just be who we are and not have this facade about us? And you don't really see that a lot, I think, on social media or YouTube where these families, you know, you're not really seeing that. I have to talk to my kids when they watch these families and say, and they're like, why can't we do that? Why can't we travel uh-huh. over with a camera and Disneyland and open boxes all day? Let's unbox things. <laughs> like, I was like, that's not real life. You know, they stage that. Like, that might be one hour of their week. Like, that's not... I made a video about this. I was like, YouTube families, you need to chill out. Okay, because you're setting the bar very high and my kids hate it here at my house now because we are not doing toy reviews and opening slime and spending the night on the roof challenge. Like, (laughs) and I, uh, I am, I've noticed a shift on social media though. And I'm not saying I'm by any means responsible, but from the time I started doing this to now more people are coming forward and talking about their mental health and showing the ugly side and being honest and, I've noticed a shift happening and I think it's really cool and it's long overdue. And, um, I have faith that pretty soon the new normal is going to be just showing your real face and just being your real self. I I hope hope so. I hope so. And you're definitely, you're definitely setting the standard because if more people did that, I wouldn't have to work with kids who are afraid to talk to their parents or who are misdiagnosed or who are suffering. Mm -hmm. And they think getting help is, you know, embarrassing. So the more we have people who are just open and talking about it and some, you know, some famous people are coming forward and are starting to say, Hey, I grew up with anxiety and telling their stories, but we need more of that. We need more real people. Um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that you're doing that. Cause I think it's going to make things so much easier for other people too. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm grateful because for the first time in my life, since I started doing this, I don't need drugs to feel okay with who I am. You know, I feel okay with who I am because of the love and the support that I've received and the realization that I'm not as alone as I thought I was. And before I didn't have that. And so once I stepped out a little bit, like everybody else just shared their truth with me. And, and I, the only way that I'm able to keep going forward is because of everybody and their love and support. Yeah. And you definitely deserve that. And I think that's good that it's recognized. So, so where can people find you? I know YouTube. Uh, yeah. So my main place, believe it or not, is Facebook. Um, that's where I do most of my videos and my lives and my contests and stuff. Um, but I have a YouTube, I have an Instagram because for some reason you need 99 platforms when you're right? <laughs> in this limelight. Um, and jugglingthejenkins.com is pretty much the landing page for all my stuffs. Very cool. I will leave links to everything. And then I recommend Aww. getting um, High Achiever. If you have an Audible account, listen to it because it's hysterical and it's powerful. And I want to give it to my daughter because I think that would be a really good deterrent. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Check that out. Thanks for coming on. Thank I appreciate you. it. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I thought she's just interesting to talk to. She's really funny. She's very casual and her podcast is hysterical. So 
definitely check out her podcast, um, which I didn't even talk about in my interview with her because I didn't even know she had one. But it's kind of my go-to podcast to listen to. But don't leave me. But listen to her as well. Because I don't listen to anything light and funny. Like, I'm, like, such a serious person. My 16-year-old, she's 16 now. She just turned 16. She's always like, Mom, you're so serious. Like, you don't know how to enjoy life. You don't know how to laugh. She's kind of right. Like, I enjoy life, but I am so serious. Like, I don't know how to have downtime. I'm always listening to, like, some, like, self-improvement podcast, or I'm always reading a self-improvement book, or I'm reading something for work. Uh, I don't just sit there. Rarely do I ever sit there and, like, enjoy myself. And if I'm enjoying myself, I have to do laundry or somehow punish myself for the enjoyment in my ears. So that's messed up. I have lately just been listening to Take It or Leave It, and I have been watching YouTube videos at night just to, like, laugh and have fun and and not be so heavy. Raising kids with anxiety and OCD can feel very heavy. Working with kids with anxiety and OCD, supporting parents who have anxiety and OCD or raising kids with anxiety and OCD, the whole thing is very heavy. So if you want to lighten up, definitely check out her work because I think you're going to enjoy it. So I hope that you're enjoying my podcast. If you're enjoying my podcast, don't forget to hit a star on iTunes. I greatly appreciate that. And if you have a few extra moments, if you can leave a comment about what you enjoy about the show. I really appreciate that as well. And I enjoy it so much that I like to show my gratitude by reading a, one of those to end the show. So I want to thank, and this is going to sound really weird, uh, Tioko Fadhara La 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 La. <laughs> Why don't they have normal names? Why can't they have iTunes normal names? I don't get it. Anything else, the usernames are normal. But anyway... I want to thank that person, la la la, she or he wrote amazing, been listening for over a year and have learned so much that has helped me parent my anxious child. This info has helped us more than going to therapy for years did. Thank you so much for writing that. I really appreciate it and taking the time to write a review. And it's not your fault that you've got a complicated name. I wasn't making fun of your name. I was making fun of iTunes names in general, because I'm always like, thank you for AFJMJ, or thank you for TJPAQ. <laughs> and it sounds very awkward. So if you have something nice to say about the show, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care.